Althea Graham slipped back the catch of the front door. Her mother had recalled her three times already. Perhaps this time she would really get away. But before there was time for her to think that it looked as if it was going to be fine, there was Mrs. Graham's sweet high voice with its note of urgency. Thea! Thea! She turned back. Mrs. Graham, having surmounted the fatigue of dressing, now sat very comfortably in her own particular armchair, with her feet on a cushion and a pale blue spread across her knees. She was a small, frail creature, with fair hair, blue eyes, and a complexion upon which she lavished the utmost care. As a girl, she had had a good many admirers, not perhaps quite as many as she liked to believe. Their number and the extravagance of their attentions tended to increase when viewed in retrospect. But she had been pretty Winifred Owen, and when she married Robert Graham, the local paper described her as the loveliest of brides. It was now a good many years since Robert had died, leaving her with an income no longer so adequate as it had been. A devoted daughter, she always told everyone how devoted Althea was, and an abiding sense of injury. She hardly remembered him now as a person, but she never forgot the grievance. There was a good deal less money than she had expected. There were death duties, and there was the rising cost of living. These things were somehow Robert's fault. When the lawyer tried to explain them, it only made her head go round. She gazed at him out of limpid blue eyes and said it was all very difficult to understand. And he didn't mean, he surely couldn't mean, that the house had been left to Althea and not to her. She couldn't believe it. She really couldn't. A mere child, not ten years old, how could Robert do such a thing? And why was it allowed? Surely something could be done about it. It had all been most dreadfully trying. And it didn't stop there. Incomes went down and prices continued to go up. Of course, there was the house. Houses were worth more than they used to be, and she had almost succeeded in forgetting that the lodge did not really belong to her. Althea came a little way into the room and said, "'What is it, mother?' "'Darling, if you will just shut the door. Such a draught. "'Now let me see what was it. "'Will you be passing Burridge's? "'Because if you were, I thought I might just try that new sun-gleam hair rinse. "'I thought of it this morning and then I wasn't sure. "'But after all, it wouldn't do any harm just to try it. "'And then if it didn't suit me, there wouldn't be any need to go on.' Time was when Althea would have pointed out that going to Burridge's would take her at least another twenty minutes, and that she was already late in starting because Mrs. Graham had mislaid a pattern of embroidery silk which had had to be looked for, and had then called her back to say that she thought the last apples from Parsons were not very good, and why not try Harper's, and, yes, after all, she did think her library book had better be changed. "'And, darling, why don't you try some of that sun-gleam stuff yourself?' They have it in all shades, and really I don't think you take enough care of your hair. It was such a disappointment to me when it didn't stay fair. There really isn't anything like fair hair to set a girl off. But it has a nice gloss, and it used to curl quite naturally. You know, it's a mistake to let those sort of things go. It really is. Althea did not respond. She said briefly, I'll go to Burridge's, and got herself out of the room.